The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. As an essentialist, how can I find satisfaction and joy in everyday non-chaotic work? So today's listener, Paulina, asks, as an essentialist who thrives and is energized by chaos and problem solving and putting out fires and creating systems and process and clarity and utility, when you run your own consultancy and need to wear all the hats, but things kind of settle into a fairly dialed in mode where for most people, that's where you want to get to. But for the essentialist, that impulse isn't so organically activated anymore. How do you keep feeling sparked? And is it more about finding satisfaction and joy in everyday non-chaotic work? Or is it really about finding ways to get back into the essentialist mode again by making some shifts in the way that you actually step into work? Paulina describes herself as the kind of person who runs towards fires and loves creating systems and strategies to make things simpler and easier for her clients and has been getting incredible results. But she shares that as time has gone on and things have gotten more predictable, she's kind of lost the spark that she used to have. The essentialist type of work just isn't there as much as it used to be. And she reflects that her business has moved from waterfalls and rapids type of pace and unpredictability to maintaining clients on retainer, which is great and she appreciates. But also it makes her feel a little bit like it's a steady flowing river. A good problem to have, she admits but she's not super lit up by it and it's making her feel a little stuck. So while building the business and not quite being at a point of delegating or hiring, she's asking if it's possible to find fulfillment in the necessary, straightforward, already figured out, systematized, uh, efficient, day-to-day maintenance of running a business, or is there a way to reimagine the experience and feel sparked by her work again? And as you'll hear us tee up in our conversation, there are some deeper questions that we speak to, some that weren't even being asked, that just may be the unlock key for this particular experience. And on deck with me this week from the Spark Brain Trust to help tease out what really matters and share insights and ideas is Deborah Owens. After a long career in leadership in some of the biggest companies in the world, she founded her own consulting firm, Corporate Alley Cat, where she advises and coaches people of color in all aspects of career visioning and development. She has this incredible ability to see what's happening under the surface in any given situation and ask questions that get to the heart of the matter and reveal possibilities that feel both empowering and expansive. And quick note, you'll hear us mention something we call sparkotypes in conversation. What is that? Turns out we all have a unique imprint for work that makes us come alive. This is your sparkotype. When you discover yours, everything, work, life, even personal life and relationships, they just start to make more sense. And until we know ours, we end up often kind of fumbling in the dark. And just like today's listener did, you can discover your sparkotype for free at sparkotype.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. Now, on to Paulina's story and question. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked. Sparked. 
Hi, Jonathan. My name's Paulina. Pronouns are she, her. And I just want to start by saying thank you so much for the work that you do. And I really hope I can get your insights on what's going on for me right now. So I've been working in marketing for over five years now. And prior to the pandemic, I worked at a marketing agency for about three years. It was such a great experience, but unfortunately, towards the end, it turned into a really toxic work environment. So when COVID hit in March 2020, when everything locked down, I took it as an opportunity to go on leave and ended up taking a six-month sabbatical where I had my first spiritual awakening and I really got in touch with my purpose and what I want to be doing with my life. So because of that, I realized that I could just work for myself because of the amazing experience that I had at the agency. So I ended up handing in my resignation and started my own business working as a marketing consultant. Now this was like mid 2020. So if you think back Everybody was scrambling to get their digital marketing on point, get things on their website. And as an essentialist, I was thriving. I was living my best life. Um, I'm definitely the kind of person who runs towards fires and I love creating systems and strategies to make things simpler and easier. So during this time, I was able to get my clients super amazing results. However, as time has gone on and things have gotten more predictable, I've lost that spark that I used to have. If it's not totally obvious, my primary spark type is the essentialist. My shadow is the maven and I'm an anti-performer, which is so me. I absolutely love being in the weeds and detangling all the details, but sales calls and meetings just aren't my jam. So I've been really lucky that my clients love working with me and they've all stayed on retainers with me, but now we've gotten to a point where we're kind of in maintenance mode and there's not usually much going on. I mean, there is stuff going on, but you know what I mean. For To make a metaphor out of it, I thrive in waterfalls and rapids, but we've gotten to a place where we're at a steady flowing river which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's like ideally where you want to be, but I'm sure you understand why I'm not super lit up by it. I've also found that it's caused me to get a bit stuck in my business because now that things are a bit more common predictable, my mind has started to wander and I've even considered pivoting into a different industry, but I know it's not in my best interest because ultimately my dream is to build my consultancy into an agency where where I serve predominantly female entrepreneurs. So my question to you is, as an essentialist, how can I find satisfaction and joy in everyday non-chaotic work? I know I can eventually hire someone to support me, but until then, I would love to find a way to get myself sparked back up again so I can grow my business to where I want it to be. Thank you so much. Sending you lots of love. Bye-bye. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. 
On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. So I, I have a whole bunch of thoughts on it. I see the smile on your face and I know you do also. Um, so before we dive in, let's just talk. So for anyone sort of like newer to the Sparkotypes, as Paulina shared, her primary meaning, her, her sort of strongest impulse is this thing we call the essentialist. And the drive for the essentialist is to create order from chaos. It's all about clarity, often around systems and process and usefulness. And you heard that um, in, in what she was talking about, her shadow or what we look at as kind of the runner-up is the maven. That's all about learning, knowledge acquisition. And the anti, meaning kind of the heaviest lift was performer. And that's about energizing and animating an interaction moment or experience. So that's kind of our starting point here. There are a whole bunch of things spinning in my head, but do you have sort of like some opening thoughts or like a, you know, like a, what's a hot take um, that you want to start into? I'm going to start with just some questions. Mm. And so my first question is around the words that she was using, because I'm wondering if we can replace the word chaos with energy. Mm, interesting. Right? Because chaos is when everything's confusing and you have to build systems and that's what she loves to do. But when she talks about running towards the fire and waterfalls, that's something that adrenaline, right? That's energy. So my initial is I would have questions like, are you running into things as a business owner that are draining you? And so you feel like you're losing your spark because you're not energized. The other question I would have is she's only been doing this two years and it was during the pandemic. It sounds like she got some clients potentially early and quickly because people were trying to make some shifts and now things are maintaining. So the systems have been built, you know the clients, you're probably not doing super interesting work, right? So her essentialist is like, okay, systems are built. The maven may be like, okay, I've been working with this client. I'm, I'm just maintaining. There's really, I'm not growing or, or learning or stretching myself. And so I just wonder if maybe we could replace the words I want to be in a non-chaotic environment into, I want to be, create an environment where I can focus on the things that energize me. Mm. The other thing that popped out for me, and I guess this goes with the anti-performer, is sales calls and I guess sales meetings are not her thing. Well, she may be at a steady flow because maybe she had, I don't know how many clients, but let's just say she had three big clients that were rushing to do everything. Over the past two years, they did all of that. 
You're not doing sales calls. You're not doing sales meetings. So that steady flow may be something in the business that you're not continuing to funnel new clients into the business. So that means that if you don't have new clients, you don't have new projects that are exciting and you're kind of stuck just doing maintenance, which sounds like it's probably boring. It's, it's not stimulating to her. So that was just my initial thoughts. What about you? Yes, like really, really similar thoughts. And the way that she laid it out for us, Molly was saying, okay, so she started this thing um, because what she did was so wildly in demand at the moment that she started it. For a lot of people who sort of um, split off from larger agencies with really great skills who and those skills just happen to be massively in demand at that particular moment. And, and a whole bunch of people actually experienced this over the pandemic. Well, there was a certain um, group of people who were really struggling. Others just nature of circumstance ended mm-hmm. up hitting the ground running, literally leaving, starting their own business. And just, it was almost like you had to just you know, people were chasing you down mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to to hire you to, uh, and so it sounds like you know. Obviously, you know, it's also because she's skilled at what she does, and as she said, you know, she great results, and and I would never discount that too. But you you brought up a really interesting point, which is that you know, like there are cycles, there are economic cycles and demand cycles, and so part of what happens is you know, like as we move out of a window like that, you know, and we move into like oh, so. You know, like I can kind of keep on keeping on with these, you know, as she shared that most of her clients are staying on retainer even after you know, things have settled down, which is great. And what's interesting to me is that the story she's describing for the typical uh, new business owner and small business owner is the dream. <laughs> this is like, you know, I hit the ground running. I'm flooded with clients. I'm doing great work. It's sort of like I'm doing the kind of work that I want to do. Like everything's going really well. I've got systems and processes internally. So things are smooth and non-chaotic and I can cover myself and take care of like that is sort of the dream for the typical mm-hmm. small business owner. It gets interesting for an essentialist, especially an essentialist who's really drawn towards running into um, a, into mess, into some level of frenzy in the middle of a crisis also mm-hmm. like a global crisis and when that all settles down you know for the typical business owner they're like yes this is what i've worked for for the essentialist when everything is just kind of like figured out and systematized and efficient and the process it's all kind of there especially with a maven as a shadow where like you want to do all this sort of systematizing and process and efficiency and as a maven you want to learn Mm-hmm. Along the way, it's like the things that that ignite you have left the building, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, so for the essentialist in this particular position, as she's describing, there's, there's like the energy is gone mm-hmm. from what she's doing, which is similar to what what your take was. And it, I was curious about her question, which was the actual question was, how can I find satisfaction and joy in everyday non chaotic work? And I'm wondering if that's there's a different question that maybe can be asked here. Um, and I like your reframe of energy around chaos also. I think for essentialists, it's interesting. Essentialists often use the word chaos in a positive mm-hmm. context mm-hmm. because for them, that's possibility. It's opportunity. Right. 
most non-essentialists use the word chaos in a negative context because we mm-hmm. want nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to wear her hat. I'm trying to sort of mm-hmm. like say, like she's, she's using this frame as a, as a positive, like, ooh, excitement and energy. Mm-hmm. And like, this is a fun thing that I get to do. And she's like, how do I learn to like, actually like get my energy not doing that? And, and I, like, what I'm wondering is, okay, so keep your systems in process, keep the efficiency that you built in your business. But what I'm wondering is actually like, how can you look back at this business that you've started that's kind of humming along now um, where you've helped your clients figure out things so that they're dialed in and, and efficient and working? How can you then take a bead and rather than working in the business, work on the business by looking back at it and saying, what would I need to do in order to be able to leverage this essentialist impulse and this maven impulse again um, at anywhere, like maybe it's not going to be at the level that the, the, the spin cycle of the pandemic brought, but what can I say yes to, um, that would bring more of these opportunities back to me? And, and there are a couple of things that popped into my head. One is growing a business past the current stage, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, this, as we, we both know this, we've been through mm-hmm. this life cycle with our own companies, right? Mm-hmm. You get to a place where everything's kind of like humming along and it's smooth. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, if I want to push this to the quote next level, and not everybody does, which is completely fine. But if I do, and it sounds like that is in fact Paulina's aspiration, you kind of have to break everything because you need to actually create new systems, new processes, new ideas, new types of clients, new new products, new solutions um, to expand past the current level that you're at. So, so part of my invitation is for her to look at her own business. And say, like, where is the opportunity to put on your essentialist and maven hat in the reimagining of your own business um, and what it would take effectively you know, like go through some creative destruction in the name of expanding into sort of like the next iteration of the business? You're nodding along. Mm-hmm. What's going through your head? No, I'm I'm totally agreeing. And I was just writing some some notes here, and they were very much along those lines, like look at your own business as something that needs some systems and processes, maybe especially around the sales piece, right? Because one of the things that I don't know when she says it's steady, I don't know how many clients we're talking about. So we could be talking about two clients who kept her very busy for two years and they've kept her on retainer, or we could be talking about a lot of clients. But I think if it was a lot of clients, she would be more energized by it, right? So I'm just going to take a wild guess and say we're not talking about a lot of clients. Maybe clients had big needs. She filled those. And what's next? I don't really want to do sales calls. So I would say, you know, create some systems around that. She's a digital marketer. You don't necessarily have to be in front of people anymore. She can use video. She can use client testimonials. I like your piece about once you get the systems in place for your clients, what's what's the next phase that you can work with them on, right? So there may be some opportunities there. Okay, we've got set up. Now let's talk about your next level goals and where she can come in and assist them. The other thing is I, I get the feeling that maybe some of this happened quickly that she took the sabbatical, maybe came back and said, this isn't what I want to do and started her business. And then she was busy from the get-go, which is great. 
But maybe there's an opportunity here to kind of step back and to say, all right, in these last two years, what were the things that I really loved? What really energized me and kept me in my purpose, right? Because when you're in your purpose, you're going to be energized. So what were those things? And then when she's talking about feeling stuck and not having a spark, what's making her feel stuck? Is there anything that's draining her? Because sometimes when you're stuck, you're doing stuff that's just draining you and you really can't move forward. You know, it's like you're in mud. You you just, uh, the drudgery of it all, right? So what are the things that she just doesn't want to do? She can learn about them, but like, I still don't want to do that. And are there other opportunities to partner with other organizations where she doesn't have to do the upfront stuff? She just has to do the behind the scenes stuff. So just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about, because she mentioned women entrepreneurs. There's tons of organizations now for women entrepreneurs, and many of them offer done-for-you services. Could she partner in addition to her own clients? And she doesn't have to do the upfront. They just come to her. And then lastly, and I think we've talked, we've probably talked about a version of this on every call we've had. (laughs) I feel like there, she's reached the point where her vision of running a business and the reality of running the business are not aligned. Because when you start a business, you don't think about sales calls, the administrative, the finance. You know, you talk, you think about your zone of your zone of genius and what can I do there? Very rarely do you think about all of the other stuff, right? Because that doesn't get you excited um, unless you're CPA or so I'm thinking maybe she might want to also connect with others who are entrepreneurs or early in their business, um, where she can help them with some of their chaos and they can help her in the sales part and the meeting part. But I've always found that one of the ways to get your energy up, and I know you're an introvert, so this may not work for you, (laughs) is to be around other people who are doing the same things, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's a mastermind, whether it's just joining an organization Um, I think there's a lot of possibilities here. And like I always like to say, it's only been two years. This is not going to be your forever, right? So I think because she's a digital marketer, I mean, sales calls aren't what they used to be. You don't have to get in front of people and do a dog and pony show. It's a world for sure. Yeah. So maybe there's something in there that might really energize her about how can I do this? Because and the um, essentialists, they have unique ways of doing things that are that work for just them. So to your point, how can she reimagine sales calls? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for sort of like reimagining here. And and I yeah. keep going back to that, like her question, like how, how can I find joy in everyday non-chaotic work? But what what that what my brain keeps hearing is how can I sort of train myself to find joy in the mode of work that is least energizing for me yeah. <laughs> um, rather than how can I step back into that mode 
um, mm-hmm. to get my mojo on again, to be able to actually do the things that truly light me up. How can I um, personally do it? And these are a lot of what you, the, the ideas you're suggesting are designed to do that. How can I get my business into a place where, you know, um, when you grow business to like whatever next level it is, there is a, a metric ton of mm-hmm. mess and chaos and uncertainty and breakage. And mm-hmm. like, that's exciting. And then what came to mind as you were speaking also was a conversation I had a couple of years back. So, you know, like with a dear friend, Mel Robbins, who had a TV show for a bit, she had mm-hmm. me on um, for one particular show. And there were three people there who had taken their spark to type and they had questions mm-hmm. about sort of like these midlife career moves. One of them yeah. was a really similar story to Paulina. She super smart businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Um, she ran her own marketing agency, very mm-hmm. successful. Um, I, and she was, I think, decades into it at that point. Mm-hmm. She was bored. She was, everything was just dialed in. Mm-hmm. And she was thinking about shutting it down and doing something entirely different. And and my question you know, like to her was, the thing that you've built already is actually allowing you to live a lifestyle that's quite lovely mm-hmm. um, and secure. And you have like a lot of these things that are really nice that I'm guessing you value. Mm-hmm. You know, so rather than just blowing this whole thing up or walking away or shutting it down and starting something entirely new, how could you reimagine what you're doing? And she ended up, she wrote back to me about a year later, actually. Mm-hmm. And she was resisting this because she, you could kind of tell the essentialist in her kind of wanted to just do something entirely different, where it was like right. throwing back into the fire, like tons mm-hmm. of like all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but she sat with it and mm-hmm. she, she wrote to me about a year later and she said, you know, I decided to sort of like stay with this. And instead I pushed myself. She said, basically all of her clients had been one particular type of client in one particular type of industry. She knew it like the back of her hand. She knew the system. She knew how to do it. So she said what she did instead was she very intentionally broke her business model to a certain extent. She kept the current clients, mm-hmm. but then she shifted all of her personal time mm-hmm. to going out and, and finding clients in an entirely new industry. Mm-hmm. where she had to learn everything from the ground up and, you know, she had to create in completely new problems, completely new solutions, new systems, new processes. And she was utterly lit up. She yeah. loved what she was doing all like, it was like she brought that back into it. And at the same time, what she had done was inadvertently or kind of intentionally actually expanded her business into an entirely new line of clients and organizations and offerings Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that popped into my mind as you were talking also, because I think that's, it's sort of like just like a really interesting, like overlay with what Pauline is talking yeah. about and some of the ideas you were sharing. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting is she says, I was thinking about an, another industry, but I know that's not what I should be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she kind of so knows. <laughs> she she kind of knows. Right. So what I would say is that whole reimagining thing, I think is great because that story reminded me of a story I had. When I started my business, I said, I'm not doing corporate work. It's draining. I'm I'm just not doing it. They're going to want me to change things. And I'm not going to do that. Just not going to do that. Well, then I found a way to do it that feels right for me and the people that I serve. So that's allowed us to do a lot of different things. But that wasn't where I started. Right. And so sometimes if you hang in there and you look at the work you like to do, you can do it in many different places and in many different ways. And you don't necessarily have to change the core 
of, of your, your purpose, your mission. And so I think the good thing here is that there are lots of possibilities here. I also wonder if she's talking to other people about this hmm. and letting them know, because as you know, a lot of folks don't like to ask for help or support, right? And sometimes other people can see things that you can't see. Like, hey, you did this great project with her. Maybe part of it could be you could do a course for entrepreneurs who can't afford you right now. Or it could be any number of things. But I think sometimes it's great talking to people about it because they may see things that you don't see. Yeah. So good. and my my entry into corporate came from a corporate client. They said, could you do this? And I said what any good entrepreneur says, of course. <laughs> of course. It's, 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 of we course. We already course. have it figured out. <laughs> oh, of course, right? So I think there's a lot of possibility here, but there may be some room here to just give herself a moment to seek some clarity about what really energizes her. I, there's one thing I did write down. And I think this is important. So she talked about she left the marketing agency because it had gotten toxic. Mm. I really think that obviously you remove yourself from those situations, but I think there's value in understanding what does toxic mean to you? So you know what it looks like and you won't find yourself in that place again, right? So was it personalities? Was it the type of work? Was it the culture? Because if she does decide to make some shifts, she'll know, she'll have a better sense of what doesn't work for her. Mm. Right. So I, I just didn't want to gloss over that. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you brought that up actually, because that was, that jumped out at me too. And I was also thinking, and, and kind of reinforced through our conversation, if she's thinking about now expanding on her own agency and growing something substantially larger, which means bring in other people, you mm -hmm. know, like different teams, different, that and and the culture, you know, like starts to become something um, more ingrained. If you've left a culture where you feel that there's a feeling of toxicity, it, you're so right. It's really important to understand what was it about it that mm -hmm. was that way. So you can have absolute clarity as the founder and the leader of your own organization to always keep your finger on the pulse also of ensuring that that doesn't creep into the culture of the very thing that you're building um, that you created in part because you want to leave a sense of toxicity because um, things can sometimes happen when you know you've got a whole bunch more people in the mix um, and everyone's bringing their history, their experience, their own personal culture, their family culture, their past work cultures mm -hmm. into this thing. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I think it, it does make sense to kind of like not to wallow in it, you know, mm -hmm. but to actually just reflect on it and just get, make sure that, and, and Paulina may have already done mm -hmm. this work, you know, like she may just not have not shared it with us, right. but just to really get clear on what was it about that to really understand it so that when you're either saying yes to a new client, you make sure that mm -hmm. that's not a client who may actually inject that into the relationship or building your own organization in your own right. culture to help, help Absolutely. really ensure it doesn't creep into it. <laughs> And just one last thing, I just had a thought for Pauline, because I think this is really great. She said early on that she did this work with her clients and she got them great, massive, as she might have even used that word, results, testimonials. 
<laughs> send it out to people, right? All we want to know is, did you get the results, right? And can you duplicate it? So I think early on, she had a lot of success and maybe there's opportunity to leverage and to share that success in creative ways that maybe don't fit the traditional mold. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And thankfully, um, because she's a marketer, mm-hmm. <laughs> she will, I'm, I'm sure, um, figure out all, all sorts of uh, awesome new ways to do that. Yeah. Um, as always, it's so great um, being able to, to, to share ideas with you, Paulina. I hope you found um, this valuable. And everyone listening in, especially those folks who may have made a similar move and left something big to start their own thing over the last few years, which is a lot of people, whether you're an essentialist and maven or any other impulse, a lot of this conversation is still going to be relevant to a lot of the process that you're moving through. So I hope you find some value in that as well. Any final thoughts or parting words or are we good? <laughs> no, I... I want Paulina to walk away from this conversation saying, hey, I've done some good work. I do good work. There are lots of opportunities and possibilities out there for me to continue having this impact. I just maybe need to take a beat and step back and think about what will work for me and what will keep me energized. Because real quick, I I did webinars for four years with my community, no cost. I did them every month, sometimes twice a month when I was a crazy woman and I was new and to it and I didn't know any better, right? This last year, I haven't done any. And I'm starting back up again because I missed that. That energized me, staying connected to my community. And I didn't know that. But that is a really essential connection point for me that without it i feel like i'm not i'm not as at my i'm not at my highest energy creativity innovation phase without staying in close contact with my community so she may have something similar that it energizes you do it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to other people but if it's the thing that lights you up keep doing it mm, love it and i think that is a Perfect place for us to wrap too. Thank you as always. And for all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Always excited to hear from you. If you also, by the way, have a question or situation you want to share with us, you can always submit that and potentially be on a future episode. Just head on over to sparktype.com. You'll see a submission page there and we'll actually drop a link in the show notes too for you. Until next time, we'll see you all later. Take care. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life. Take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show 
and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.